homeschool expert is here to equip you to homeschool confidently with help from the experts. You can do this, and we are here to help. Visit homeschoolexpert.com for video and print resources. Helping you homeschool confidently is our host, Ann Crossman, and her guest expert for today's special broadcast. Hi, friend, and welcome to Homeschool Expert. I am so glad you're joining our conversation today with Lindsay Carroll, who's the founder of Driven by Grace with a strong Instagram following under the same name. So definitely check her out there. Almost two years ago, Lindsay left her full-time marketing career to become a stay-at-home mom. She is a first-time homeschooler and just completed year one, recently launching a new business called Driven by Grace. Lindsay's helping us launch the first series of a new series in the Homeschool Expert podcast called Newbies, where we talk to parents who are new to homeschooling to learn more about what this year has been like for them. So for friends who are listening, considering homeschooling or new to homeschooling, these conversations will hopefully be super encouraging because it's a healthy reality check of what to look forward to, uh, where to potentially buffer or add support, and ultimately how to thrive. So, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about your journey. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So you've got a house full of kiddos. Every time I see your post, you guys are on a beach somewhere. Totally makes me jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about your family. Um, What keeps you busy Uh, during the day? Yeah, uh, well, we live in Southern California, so that's probably why you see us at the beach a lot. Um, I'm married to my husband for eight years now, and what keeps me busy is my three kids. So I have a five and a half year old. He's very particular on it. Mentioning the half part. I've got a a three-year-old daughter and then a newborn. So I have um, a third son that just turned six weeks old. So I am very busy. Yes, you are (laughs) managing those three. Keeping them fed and clean and alive is like, that's the full-time job right there. Yes. Yes. I remember we had, um, and so what's your, what's your stack again of gender you have? Wait, Girl, boy, girl, my son, boy, girl, boy. Okay. Boy, girl, boy. Yeah. So we had two boys early on. And I remember telling my husband when we found out we were pregnant with a third, I said, I love my boys, but if this one's a boy, we're all done because I can't keep any more of them alive. I feel like they're always kind of great ways to hurt each other, (laughs) not meaning to, it's like, I can't keep them alive anymore. (laughs) This is it. Yes. So that's really having my daughter in between. She's pretty uh, rough and can hold her own too. So she's a little wild child. Yeah. The girls tend to do that when they've got the brothers. I know we, we ended yep. up surprising ourselves with that one. as well. We're like, huh, the girls are just as, as <laughs> unique as the boys are. That's great. Uh, cool. Okay. So one of my favorite questions I like to ask new friends when I'm getting to know them sitting around the park or whatever is who were you before kids? Because so much of our life as parents is all consuming, especially in the mm-hmm. age range you're sitting in. So let's start there. What's the short scoop on what you were doing in life before you title changed to mom? So right before I became mom, um, I was married for, we were married for three years before we had our son. Uh, I was four years out of college. So I went to college and got a business degree. I went right back and got my master's. So I was putting that degree to use and I was working my way up the corporate ladder. I was a product marketing manager and I loved it. And um, yeah, that's what I was doing before I became mom. So what product were you working on? I worked for two different companies. So I was a product developer for like the ready meal that you'd buy at like Sam's Club or Costco. So Italian pastas, enchiladas. And then I switched over to door hardware. It's always amazing to me. Yeah. It always, it's amazing to me how many layers of people there are to make 
functional things available and possible for all of us. So that if I go to the store, I'm like, I need a light switch. And like, they're like 20, 50 people deep just to have gotten that light switch to that shelf for me. So hundred cool. percent, yes. yeah, you're, you're getting people what they need. So that's awesome. Okay. Yes. So in one of your posts, then you talked about how your marketing career experience, you know, amazingly enough with doorknobs and the other one has transferred over into what you're doing now. So talk me through that transition. What was it like? And how do you see you using your workspace skills even, even here on the home front? So the transition from career mom to stay-at-home mom, uh, the first six months was rough. I'm not going to be honest. Yeah, be honest, for sure. I took my kids out of their schedule. They're used to this routine of full-time preschool and daycare. And when we came home, that first six months was just like transition period. My son was four. And um, yeah, I just remember trying to figure out how we're going to get on a schedule. And I think once I realized... I needed to have kids thrive on routine mm-hmm. and knowing what to expect. I Once I got us on a schedule after about six months, we definitely began more thriving. Yes. Um, but as far as like the workplace skills, because I was a product manager, it really carried over into my driven by grace and homeschooling aspect because I'm mm-hmm. very organized, uh, very detail oriented. When you're managing a project, you're leading teams and you're leading 10 to 20 people on a team. So I think just those skills, if I didn't have that background, I wouldn't have been able to launch uh, the Driven by Grace and have that project manager experience. I think that's definitely been helpful. Yeah, that's interesting. So like all the plate juggling um, people management skills. Yeah, for sure. All came into all came into being. That totally makes sense. So then what got you into homeschooling though? Your kiddos are young. You were just making this transition over. Is it is it only COVID or was there something else that entered your space? Uh, it actually wasn't COVID. I um, made my decision before the shutdown, but it's just funny how it all works out. I did not mm-hmm. leave my career to be a, a homeschool mom. I just wanted to be home. So when they went into public school, they could have a summer break because the path they were on, they were going to be in daycare Monday through Friday, even through the summer months. Gotcha. And I just didn't want that. So that's why I came home. Um, but then in California, so you have to be five years old, I think like by September 1st to start kindergarten. And my son misses that cutoff by like 20 days. Mm. And he was in full-time preschool and I knew he was ready for kindergarten. I was so worried that he was going to be bored to do transitional kindergarten and then kindergarten the second year, uh, just because he was showing eagerness to start learning. Yeah. So that's kind of how I went down that path. I started getting ready to put him into TK transitional kindergarten and um, decided, you know what, maybe I'm just going to keep him home. I'll try homeschooling and see how that goes. And it'll be our practice year because it's not technically official. Yes. And if it doesn't go well, <laughs> then I didn't lose any, I didn't lose time because then he can start kindergarten in the fall. And then surprisingly it went well. Yeah. <laughs> and so he completed kindergarten and uh, met all the criteria and we ended up enjoying it together. So it wasn't something I planned on doing, but it's something that I was surprisingly glad I did. That's terrific. And I think I hear that story resonated, um, like actually both of those points. The first one being whatever the age grade is for starting school in somebody's state, it not really clicking with where they feel like their child is capable or ready or not ready. And so saying, okay, we're going to sort of rein this one in for a little bit because we know you better and we don't think this is going to be a good fit. But then the second one, uh, so many families in COVID saying, oh my gosh, 
it surely can't be any worse me trying this at home than it is <laughs> trying to do online with multiple kids, multiple hours a day. So if ever there were a time to try and potentially fail, yep. let's do it now because <laughs> it's not yep. like everybody's struggling everywhere this year. Uh, we don't have to worry about yep. getting behind as much. So yeah, you kind of, you ended up hitting on both of those. <laughs> so, yeah. so then let's talk about like what your first year of homeschooling was like, but break it down into categories of hey, let's like, let's pick four surprising life-giving, challenging, and repeatable. So let's start with that first one. Um, what was surprising to you about homeschooling? Maybe it was something negative you thought would happen but didn't or something you discovered you didn't know you would like and you turned out to like, um, you know, anything along that lines. So I think looking at our first year, I think what surprised me is a few things, but I was actually very surprised at how much preparation, how much research homeschool moms do in order to teach their kids because my mindset before that, I, I don't know what I really thought, but I just didn't think it was that that much work or, um, but they really research a lot and are really trying to pick the best curriculum for their kids and, um, a lot of planning. I didn't do a lot of planning my first year. I kind of, if I was honest, just kind of wing it and see how it goes. I had our curriculum, but, um, as far as the planning phase, I just took it day by day. Uh, and then I was surprised that I enjoyed it. I didn't think I would. I didn't think I, cause I was mm. the person that literally told my friend, I will never homeschool. I don't have the patience yes. for it. <laughs> yeah. And I bit my own tongue because I ended up homeschooling it and creating resources for people for homeschool. And it's just funny how it works out. But um, yeah, so it'd be the amount of research. I enjoyed it. And then I would say, I was also surprised to find out how many hours you don't have to school every day because I thought it. I mean, you're in school in kindergarten, you're there totally. from what, yep. eight, eight or nine to two o'clock. And um, I remember worrying a lot in the beginning, like, am I doing enough time? Like, are we homeschooling long enough? I think right, in the beginning, surely we're not, we're not spending nearly enough hours. Surely we're missing something, yeah, right? The feeling of what? what I thought. Yeah. I even asked my Instagram followers, like, how long are you homeschooling for kindergarten? So my son was five. And I mean, in the beginning, it started out with maybe like 45 minutes. And then as his I noticed his attention span grew as the school year went on. I think we ended in June and we probably about an hour and a half, two hours, Yep. but we're taking breaks in between. We're not doing it like consecutive two hours. He'll have to go play, go have snack time. Yeah. Um, There's no way you can sit that long. Total total amount of time. Yeah. So total amount of time spent at work is like maybe an hour if you subtracted out breaks, right? Yeah. 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 It's not very long and he's learned a lot. So that was always surprising to me. I think you're right. I think a lot of parents are surprised by that. And that's one of the things that we try to like encourage parents who are new to homeschooling um, with homeschool expert is, is because we're doing that one-on-one ratio, you're not slacking off as a homeschool parent by spending less time. It's just, you don't need nine to three because you don't have 30 other kids in your kitchen. You're trying to corral. You just have that one to sit next to for 20 minutes of math. He gets it or she gets it. And you're like, we're done for the day. Or like you said, you know, you don't have to homeschool every day. Cause a lot of times in the classroom, especially in the older grades, when you've got block scheduling and students, you know, going between class periods and teachers in junior high and whatever, um, they're not getting five solid days of all seven subjects every single week. It's yeah. a shuffle. It's a constant shuffle. Yeah. And I feel like last uh, month we were doing a big unit on the solar system. And one day we spent two and a half hours on the back deck building planets that we were going to stake, you know, stake out through the yard. I think I've got photos of this on our Instagram. It was so fun, but that's all we did for school that day. And it was, you know, I could totally write up a lesson plan that sounds official and say, oh, it was science and technology and engineering and art and math, right? Because we're measuring stuff and whatever. But yeah, that was school for the day. And it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. And 
their light bulbs went on when they said, oh my gosh, no wonder Neptune's cold. Look how far it is from everything else. And that, like we had talked about miles and distance, but they hadn't understood any of it until they saw it laid out in the lawn. So a long way of saying yes, totally agree with you. Don't have to do the same school routine every day. What did you guys end up using for curriculum though? Because I know that can play a big part too in how much times or hands-on time is required of mom or dad versus like autonomous learning. Yeah, we did. Um, well, we joined Classical Conversations. So that's um, a community group that I definitely my first year was wanting to be in some type of co-op or community because I didn't know what I was doing and I wanted guidance. And so um, I joined that. And I also liked that it had the socialization aspect for my son. Mm-hmm. Um, he got to have friends once a week and then have presentation skills. And he absolutely loved it. So we did that and they have a curriculum. But what we really mainly taught off of was math was my focus. We did master books um, and then language arts. I added in late, which I, we were doing sight word worksheets and a reading book. But then I halfway through the year, like, I think I need a better like language arts true curriculum. So I added in uh, the good and the beautiful language arts mm-hmm. and really enjoying that. And then my favorite reading book, we're still going through it, uh, is how to teach your child to read in a hundred easy lessons. Yes. And yeah, it's a good one. I'm yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm and I'm kind of, and I'm, so I'm learning as you go at your kid's pace, like you don't have to rush to finish that book. I'm kind of seeing when he starts to struggle and we'll pause on it and practice with reading books. Nice. Um, yeah. But those were like our, our big curriculums. And then, yeah, I think that was really it. Those three. Oh, and a nature curriculum. We did yeah, too. Nice. Yeah. One of the, I think one of the top concerns I hear from parents who are in your age stage with kiddos is I have no idea how to teach a child to read this. This feels really overwhelming and daunting. And one of the resources you just mentioned is great that, you know, teach your child to read in a hundred easy lessons. Um, We've got others that we also like tag to on the website in case parents are like, Oh, I tried that one. It didn't work for me. We've got more listed under free resources that you can look at, but like one I'm staring at my shelf even now is the Ordinary Parents Guide to Teaching Reading. I mean, it's like if ever there are a book title, well titled. Um, and the yeah. Bob books, I like the little Bob books; those are good to practice. Yeah. yeah, teaching. I didn't know how that would go, and it's actually that's one of my favorite things. Was I cried when he learned how it finally clicked—the blending of words and reading. Oh, I was crying and being so happy that I was one, I get to take full credit for him to be a reader <laughs> and being yep. there, being there for that moment and seeing it. I remember crying for him. So yeah, it, it's a cool feeling. It is a cool feeling. It's why we went into teaching. Those of us who chose it as a profession is that moment. We're like, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned though, in terms of surprising that you were surprised that you enjoyed it. I mean, I'm sure that's one, that's part of it. Like with those light bulb moments, was there anything else in terms of, Oh, I was surprised. I enjoyed this part of it. I didn't think I would like that very much. Recently, it's been read aloud time. So I didn't know mm-hmm. how to implement that. I didn't enjoy homeschooling the first half. I think it really clicked for us five months into the year, yeah. to be honest. So January was when we really got in a good groove. I started doing um, read aloud chapter books with him. And uh, that's been really fun because I try to make it come to life. And so we read like the Little House series. And yes. when the girls make butter, I like let's try to make butter just to kind of bring it to life and so we were jumping around on the trampoline which is a good Perfect. tip because you have to sh- put your buttermilk in a mason jar and you got to shake it <laughs> for like 15 minutes yeah and after three or five minutes your kids are going to want you to shake their jar for them and I was like no I'm you guys are going I got, we have a trampoline I said go on the trampoline and then that ended up making it 
way more fun. And they just That's jumped with for 15 minutes and they made butter. <laughs> Laura Ingalls so Wilder fun. would be like cheering, I'm sure, if she could see that from her cloud wherever she is. Like, that's hilarious. Yeah. And I they love- remembered the book with that. And then we did, um, there's a part where they do like maple uh, candy in the snow. And so I had some crush up ice and you pour maple warm maple syrup in it and it turned into like this taffy candy yep yep. little things like that it was super cool to bring the book to life it is fun I think yeah and I agree with you our reading times together over the years have been some of the most special to me because you never know what conversations it's going to prompt or what questions out of and you're like wow you really you're thinking about something I wouldn't have guessed you're actually thinking about at this age and Uh, you wouldn't think they'd keep their attention span and my three-year-old surprisingly enjoys the chapter books I'm glad you said that because I was just about to to ask. Yeah. So we pile our kids all in, even the toddlers. I mean, they have to lay quietly on my lap and snuggle or play Duplo blocks, you know, somewhere nearby, but they are all absorbing any more so that I don't, I don't think there's any such thing as this is a book for third graders and this is a book for fifth graders. And because if it's a good book, all of us are getting something out of it. Um, mm-hmm. and for, for people struggling too, they're like, oh my gosh, I have no idea where to find good books, like air quotes. How do you find good books? Uh, we spend about 12 years condensing through curriculum and state book lists and award winners, um, a, a book rec list called for the love of reading and it's free on homeschool experts website. So in case you want it or anybody that, you know, mm-hmm. Lindsay, you can pull it up and it's 13 pages based by genre and not by age range of we want something interesting. It's a biography. Where, what could I, you know, and you can go through there. And these are all homeschool families who over time have, have circled back and said consistently, this was a really good book. And we hear it over and over and over again. We're like, great. It goes on the list. So in terms of wanting to sit down with all your kids at once. Um, yeah, that's there. Okay. So let's go back to the, we had three buckets going for you. So life uh-huh. giving, that was the next one. Homeschooling. Yes. A lot of work. It's hard. So is there something about it though, that you felt filled your tank in positive ways or was life giving to you despite all the extra work? Oh yeah. I, the biggest thing is my kids' relationships. So before mm-hmm. me being home, they were separated. One was at preschool and then one was at a daycare and them being home full time together and interacting and playing together. That's been the best thing to see. They are so close. And I don't think that would have happened mm-hmm. if I wasn't homeschooling them. Um, so that's been, I think the best thing for our situation so far. And then I also mentioned, um, him reading and just that first moment of it clicking and being there to experience that was awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, totally agree. That's a, um, that is one of our sweet things about homeschooling. We loved also. And yeah, now the oldest is halfway through high school and we're talking college. It's like, I can't imagine you not being part of the tribe. I mean, here with us every day, it's just so hard to like the youngest, they all like, they're genuinely going to miss him because he's been part of their life. So yeah, yeah, it's sweet. So then, um, so we had a third bucket then challenging and honestly, like just so that the friend listening to us, we're not hiding anything here. (laughs) Homeschooling is challenging at times. So let's hit on that one. It's not, it's not easy for anybody. And what were some of those points of friction that you encountered and were they what you were anticipating before you began homeschooling? Because, um, oh, yeah. And, and I'll save that last question for next. So, yeah, let's stick on this one. Challenging. Go for so, it. I don't know if I had any expectations, but the right off the bat, the, for, the hardest thing was that mom-teacher relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, because my son was in a, a private preschool. He had his teachers. And um, I think getting that relationship and him 
being respectful and listening. I mean, it took a good couple months of us working through it. But I remember him telling me in the beginning, like, you're not a teacher, you're just my mom. Mm. And what was funny is in just a couple weeks ago, my son's sitting at the table and he's asking me like, mom, do you know everything? Cause you're a teacher. Like it totally flipped. <laughs> and he just thinks that I should know all the answers and yeah. everything. And I was like, that's so, I told my husband, like, that's so cool because in August when we started, it, he didn't see me as a teacher, anyone that would be able to invest in him. And then in June, I'm like his go-to person for questions now. His respect meter for you went up. That is terrific. Yes. Yeah. So that was the first challenge. And then uh, getting a good daily rhythm for us. So, mm-hmm. I mean, right after that, you're not going to know. I remember when I started homeschooling, I had nothing to have as an example. And so I only knew my public experience. And so I remember sitting my kids on the floor, me standing up to read a book, like trying to pledge of allegiance. Right. <laughs> I was like, this is not working. Right. And so once you realize you don't need to mimic a public school and work, whatever works with your schedule. We, so we start our day at uh, typically nine o'clock, but I think the best thing I did starting in five months in was eliminating TV so that I couldn't figure out how to get them motivated in the morning. And I realized when they wake up at seven, they go to the couch and they have like their milk and then they'll watch, honestly, it was probably like an hour and a half of shows while I got breakfast, everything organized and set up and then getting them to switch gears from TV to school time. It was a battle. Yeah. Academic. That's a, that's big. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And then then they've been sitting for so long, so they're ready to go play. So I did it pretty cold turkey and I told them we're not going to have TV. It's Monday through Friday. We don't do TV when they wake up. And it was only a week that was kind of even that rough, actually. Um, But they wake up now. Now we do our read aloud books. To have no TV requires me to make sure I'm up and ready for my day before they're awake. Totally. So that was a change I had to make, but it's been a lot better. So they'll wake up and then we'll cuddle on the couch and I'll read a chapter book to them while they have their milk and we're all resting. And then they get up and go and play with toys and they get their active time out. So when it's nine o'clock to start school, they're ready to go. So that yeah. was a huge improvement for us. That is a huge win. I know. And, and for some reason, we like there are a lot of homeschoolers who shy away from the idea of structure because it feels rigid. It feels like traditional school and we're not trying to copy that. But I wish I had met you early on in your journey, Lindsay, because I would have just handed you all of our <laughs> resources. on like, <laughs> how do you build a flexible structure, which is essentially what you're yeah. trying to, you know, jerry rig for yourself at home. We do something called morning meeting where every morning mm-hmm. we start at the same time and we go through what's the day going to look like. And as the kids get older, that's especially helpful because now they know, oh, I have to be done by one because we have dentist appointments or swim team or blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. As non-COVID life goes away and we actually have lives again in the afternoons, we have to get places on time and still get school done. And so we always think up in morning meeting and by the end of it, I give everybody a chore or a chore break. And then I have that extra 15, 20 minutes to like, did I get my coffee? Am I I ready to go? And they're all running around doing their chores, working stuff out with their bodies, and then we come back and, and read and work together. So, um, yes, you're spot on that schedules are key and we do better when we know what to expect our kids, our kids included. So that's cool that yeah. you figured it out, but hard you had to figure it out in process. Cause sometimes it can take. Yeah. And you don't have to be really select to the clock. It's more of just a, a rhythm of yes. the events that happen throughout the day. Cause kids like to know what to expect. That's what I finally learned. Yep. And it just helps to have some type of structure. So we'll do wake up, read aloud, breakfast, and then they get their bed made, do their 
brush our teeth, get dressed, and then we'll do school and then lunchtime. And then they get to have TV after they have quiet time. So they do nice. get TV. They just get it at the end of the half of the day. And then I get to have my alone time yes. during that time. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> yeah. We do something similar called a time ladder where they just got to march their way through the time ladder. But, um, the only thing that's scheduled is the start of the day, just because I had to get my fifth grader out of bed on time. They they hit an age mm-hmm. where they don't want to get up, and you're like, no, no, we're starting today. Oh, now. when is that? <laughs> <laughs> we're now starting. Yeah, you're not there yet. You're still in the please sleep longer stage, but soon you'll be in the. Oh my gosh, are they still in bed? Um, <laughs> we had to start the day just to get it going, and then from there, yeah, we don't have time stamps because it doesn't work. It just everybody's frustrated when when you do yeah. So yeah, I hear that. Okay. So then now that the first year behind is behind you, is there anything that you're looking forward to repeating either a system you put in place, like we were kind of just talking about, or maybe a lesson you're looking forward to teaching to the next round of kiddos or some curriculum thingy you enjoyed or want to try the next level of anything like that? Well, we're going to repeat, which I was not sure if I wanted to do because I have a newborn, but my son loved it so much was the classical conversation. So we will be doing that in the fall. And he's already like asking, when can I start school? Fun. Um, so we'll do that because he, I love the community aspect. He has friendships with them and uh, they practice and do presentations every week, which I loved. Uh, he got way more confident in his public speaking. Mm-hmm. So we'll do that again this year. Um, and then one of the things I added in later if you're able to find a group of friends or uh, co-ops or someone that you can do like playdates with. And we, I have two girlfriends that we will schedule a monthly or every other month, uh, like kind of a field trip, but we'll go to someone's house and we'll typically around a holiday. So like if it's St. Patrick's day, we'll have a St. Patrick's day craft and then some snacks. And it's just fun for the kids to have, we'll do read aloud books and they'll do an activity, some learning, and then it's playtime. And it makes it kind of special. So I enjoy doing like field trips. We'll do some more field trips. Um, I don't have any curriculum that I'm going to pass yet just because my daughter's only three. I was going to start preschool this year, but uh, I think we're going to do more just playtime preschool yeah. and not an actual book or anything. And, and let she's, her just... ab- she's absorbing a ton with your son anyway. Oh, she knows so much just being in the room with him and learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. That's really cool. Yeah. I like your idea of the, you know, regular, irregular play groups. We've, we've done that a little bit, um, by clustering together a bunch of homeschool families where we just did park days. I don't know about you, Lindsay, but the hardest, the hardest thing for me is arranging play dates because you get everybody's schedule together. You got the date, your kids are looking forward to it. And then somebody wakes up with a fever and ear infection, you know, fill in the blank like, Oh, and now your kids are crying and they can't go. And, you know, (laughs) so we ended up just picking a day of the week and a time window and we would rotate parks, but we just, we got this group of like eight to 10 families. And that way somebody was always there. We're like okay this yeah, that's a park good idea. is this one and that week's park is that one and it was so life-giving for us because the kids got to see the same friends all the time which is again kind of that classroom experience right where you're seeing the mm-hmm. same people over and over and then yeah when it came time for holidays you know like valentine's day that's a tough one to do for homeschooling um we'd yeah. get together at the park with our buddies and everybody'd bring their little paper bags and they'd all put their valentines in it was like sweet uh that's so- what we did that's yeah. what, that was our first one. Valentine's was the first holiday we had a get together and it was so yes, fun. Yes, it is so fun. So I know for, you know, that's one of the big question marks that when you're in the grocery store and people are like homeschooling, isn't it antisocial? You're like, well, no, actually it's, it's just a different kind of social. It's really fun. Um, and that was my fear going into it. And what I learned is they're interacting with kids at all different ages too. Mm-hmm. And so I love seeing like, 
my son can play with any age level. Like he's not yes. intimidated by older kids. And then he's not turned off by younger kids. He can play with all ages. I love that too. Cause where else in the real world, frankly, are we all segregated by being born within six to 12 months of each other? Like nowhere. Yeah, you're not. I, I was leading project teams with people that were 20 years older than me. Yep. <laughs> that never yeah. happens. Yeah. So there's this, I, I completely agree. There's a very organic value to how do we communicate with people older and younger and play with them? I, I always enjoyed going to the park days and walking up to one of the littles, you know, like a third grader and be like, hey, Jude, what's up? And he would actually turn around and talk to me for three to six sentences before rolling <laughs> off to play with his friend. And it was yeah. interesting. It's like, well, the brontosaurus that we were reading about today or, you know, whatever. No, they're, not called a brontos- <laughs> they're not called a brontosaurus anymore. I know I'm, I'm old schooling it, but yeah, <laughs> they talk to adults. That's the point. And it was fun. That's funny. Uh, so in the midst of you learning all this, how to homeschool, newborn, holy cow, Lindsay, now you decide to launch a business. You sound like me. <laughs> like it wasn't complicated enough. So talk to me about Driven by Grace. What is that? Um, how did you end up starting it? And and I know you and I have talked already. It's faith-based. So for families who are either part of the Christian faith or they're just open to exploring religions and faith with their kiddos, what kind of resources are there that they could look for? So I didn't plan on starting a business. It just kind of evolved. It's funny when that happens, but (laughs) uh, Driven by Grace, actually the name of it and the idea of it being a Christian company started with my husband 11 years ago. He actually had a clothing brand called Driven by Grace that he launched. Uh, But then after we got married, it just, everything died down. So last August or September, maybe July or August, when I realized I didn't start teaching my son how to read, I started looking into what are sight words. I didn't know what sight words were. Mm-hmm. And I decided I wanted to make him some worksheets. I saw some online. I was like, oh, I can make those. And I wanted to incorporate um, a faith aspect to it. So I took like the sight words and then I went and found a Bible verse that uses that sight word in context. And then I had two sentences on the worksheets that talk about or teach my son about God in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I posted it on Instagram on my personal page. And people are messaging me like, you should sell those. You should get those listed on teachers pay teachers. And I never even crossed my mind. And then when I decided I needed to, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I needed a, a brand name, Driven by Grace. My husband, I asked if I could use it. <laughs> like, can I revamp that and make it into some sightword worksheets? So I yeah. launched it as sightword worksheets and people were super excited about it. And then that was in August of last year. And then, then I started thinking, I mean, just the project manager in me is like, okay, well, what else could I do? Because I started it as like, oh, it's just going to be a hobby, a little side thing. But then I'm, and I'm just super driven and get excited over and I love having an outlet now that I can be creative and so at at Christmas time I decided well I'm gonna make a bible study so I made a Christmas advent journal bible study journal it's 24 days and it took I made these for my kids so I make it for my son who's five um and then I sell them so other kids can use them but it just took my son in depth uh through the birth of Jesus and Christmas story and that went really well. So I turned into an Easter one and I was like, okay, well now I'm going to do some non-holidays. And so I've got an Exodus Bible study and I, these are probably my favorite thing to do with my kids. We do it with our breakfast and we just go through and we read the Bible. They do an activity worksheet and they're learning so much because I make it uh, go through the full book. I do. I noticed a lot of the kid um, Bible curriculum. It's just a verse here and there. And I really wanted my kids to read full the full Bible chapter by chapter. And so that's how I make the the Bible studies. And it's my favorite part of the day. My kids love it. 
Uh, so I am motivated to continue making them so I can keep teaching my kids. So now I'm on this kind of circle wheel of I got to keep making more because I got to keep teaching my kids. <laughs> right. And and your goal is first and foremost for your family, which means that anybody buying it knows it's quality because you wouldn't give your family crud, right? You're like, I want to give them really no. good quality stuff. Um, yep. I make them for my kids so they can study and we can learn together. And I learned so much making it. That's actually my favorite part is I'm just in researching and doing deep Bible studies. So I'm learning a ton just to make these. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the right way to go about it because it's, it's tried and tested and experimented with and proven out in your home. And then you mm-hmm. tweak it and you can share with others. It's that's very similar actually to, to, you know, how I ended up making these resources for families through homeschool experts. It's all of this stuff is stuff that I had to figure out for my own four kids. Cause two of them have mm-hmm. special learning needs and it's not straightforward. Even if you're in the school district, it's not straightforward how to actually support and accommodate learning needs a lot of the time. And so having to learn each child, create resources, mm-hmm. adapt it to all four of them. And then once it worked for my four, I could share it with friends. It's like, oh, wait, it doesn't just work with my kids. This is working with their kids. So this is really cool. Okay, I'll just yeah. you know, post it up and, and give it away or or turn it into a book yeah. or whatever because now we know it works. So now you know your yep. Awesome. Yeah. So then given how this last year has gone for you, Lindsay, your first year, which congrats again on completing it. That's a huge win. Um, what are some key resources you felt like made your job as teacher easier this past year, or even that you may have discovered at the end of the year and you're looking forward to trying out for the fall? So for, for resources, I had, a, I guess I had a good homeschool planner. So I used the well-planned gal, um, I think it's called the well-planned day homeschool planner. It was recommended to me. I really put a lot of value on recommendations from seasoned homeschool moms. Um, so I had a mom in our community group that recommended it to me and it covered everything. Things I wouldn't even have thought like keeping track of attendance. Um, it has everything I needed. I didn't use it to its full potential, but last year was my practice year. So I would had a good planner to lay out what you're going to um, be teaching, but I would say don't plan too much. And I only use pencil because yeah. you're going to need to adjust. So that was my learning curve too is you don't need to go and plan out your entire year by the first day of school like plan out a week at a time or maybe a month but write it in pencil because things are going to change you're not going to finish things Uh, but having a good planner is helpful and then I print out I don't know if you did this when you're homeschooling but the I can statements I had no idea what to teach or what he had to learn for kindergarten and I was referred to, you can find it usually on online charter schools in your state, but you can download the ICANN statements for their grade level per subject. And that tells you what they should be learning for that year. And that helps me every quarter or so. I just go through and see, are we covering what we need to be covering? Check off the things that he's mastered for math and social studies. And if I'm not going to be covering something, try to add it in just to make sure he's on par with what the state was requiring so that was super helpful to print those out um another thing i learned you don't need to have a classroom to homeschool and i know i I, when i started out i like bought all the supplies set up a room and we never used it right yeah never in there sat at the kitchen table and so having one of those art supply carts and i didn't buy one for a while because i thought it was i don't know i thought it was like a hundred dollars they're $30 at Michael's and it was life-saving to have all your curriculum on a rolling cart that you could just roll into a closet or roll it to whatever room you needed. Cause for several months we were just carrying our books and our pencil box from room to room and having it on that cart in one space just kept it way more 
organize and confine. It's your mobile classroom. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Because you do not need a classroom. That was my biggest learning. I bought a little table. I bought a whiteboard. Everything (laughs) I thought I needed. And we did it. We sat at the kitchen table. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Welcome to the kitchen Um, table. We all do. Yeah. And then I would say there's so many communities that you can learn from. I was surprised at how helpful Instagram. I mean, a lot. I met a lot of homeschool moms on Instagram, and I would say they're friends too, like they're virtual friends. But you learn that homeschool community, the, the moms are so willing to help. That's what I found. They're so willing to help and teach the lessons learned that they had. And so there's community groups on Facebook, tons of homeschool communities that you could just, if you have a question, because you may not know anybody personally that's a homeschool parent, but you can find them online and they are willing to give advice and answer any questions you might have, whether it's curriculum, whether it's scheduling just any tips. Um, those have been the most helpful thing to make my job easier. And then I read a lot of books. I love to read, to learn and grow. And I wish I read the homes had a homeschool expert before I started oh, your book. I wish I, I wish I would have read that before my first year. Cause that had so many practical tips that I'm going to apply this year. And I might even probably reread it every year just to get a refresher, but <laughs> good deal. <laughs> it was, it was so helpful. I would say that home, your homeschool expert book, if anyone's a classical conversations family, the, the book called the core, I wish I read that last year before mm. I started classical conversations. Cause it goes through the methodology of a classical education and why they do what they do. And it helps you understand. I didn't have any idea about it going into it. So that book is awesome for uh, anyone that's in that classical conversations community. And then the last book would be Home um, Home Learning Year by Year. That one's very practical. It goes through every grade level of what they should be learning by subject. And then my favorite part was all the book recommendations that I'm planning to go to the library and check out per subject just to um, have some more reading material. Yeah. There's tons of resources that can help you. Yeah, there are a lot of resources. In fact, so many that's almost overwhelming at times. Yeah. Uh, So learning to be able to sift through those, or like you're saying, if you've got at least a co-op to start in of some kind, so you can network out that way. That's really nice because I feel like also resources are changing all the time. So unless you're working through a website of some kind, um, you know, it's hard, it's hard to keep up to date on what the latest things are. So yeah, those are all excellent resources. And I like what you said about the schedule too, with well-planned gal. Um, I use just a standard monthly calendar. And at the beginning of the school year, actually, before it starts in the summer, my, my husband takes the kids somewhere for a day so I can have a quiet house, quiet brain. <laughs> uh, yeah. or if he needed to be home when they were younger. I just went to the library, but then I can sit oh, down and sort idea. of do, yeah, I can sort of do a big picture. So it's like, okay, for me, like if I want us to memorize a poem together or a passage of scripture every month, I'll write that at the top of the month. This month, it's going to be this one, November, December, and I'll chart it out. And like you're saying, yes, pencil, Mm -hmm. but it's such an open-ended big goal that I'm not like writing the verse line numbers week by week into my calendar, which then if you get behind in one place, it's a domino effect. And you're like, I've failed for the year. (laughs) It's like, no, no, no. At least I'm going to the year saying, hey, I'd like to, you know, and then our librarian, um, which this is a hot tip that, I only learned about seven or eight years ago, local librarians will prep crates of material for you at your request. So you can call or email your librarian and say, hey, I want to do a whole unit for my kids, which are grades, you know, two through six. And we're going to study the solar system. Could you put together some books and DVDs for me, please, that I could come by and, and check out? 
and they will. And so I would, I would mark that at the top of the calendar then for each month say, okay, for November, we're going to study weather systems. And for December, I'd like us to study cell structures or whatever. And then I'd give her that list at the beginning of the year and she'd have them all ready for me. And so small bit of planning up front saved me from feeling like, oh my gosh, it's January. We haven't done anything for science this year. It's like, no, she, she was the one texting me saying, Hey, I've got your crate ready for whatever it is that we're learning this month. And I can just go pick it up and we bring it home. We start working through it. So just, yeah, a little bit of planning early on, but not rigidly, um, but just like big picture umbrella planning. So helpful. Um, much. Yes, yeah. Looking a month ahead, I was writing down like lesson one, lesson two, and having uh-huh. it every single day, way too nitty gritty for yes. yeah. you, you can do that Le- level of detail, maybe a week, but even then there's days that you still don't get to the lesson you thought. So I know a lot of uh, parents will have their big picture and then they will go back after the end of their day and write down what they did versus planning ahead. Yes. So that's another way to, to right. do it. Because it's also hard to tell too the speed of learning for a child, um, especially when you have multiple kids. But but how quickly is that math lesson going to go? Is it going to be something they get in five minutes and now they want to do the next lesson, or is that lesson so hard you need to pause actually and take a couple days and even maybe go back and relearn some things? So to not feel chained down um, to a schedule is super important in yeah, flexing yeah. and customizing the education for your kiddo. And for each of ours, we let them finish math at the speed they want. I mean, it has to be done by the end of the year, but trust me, none of them want to do it in the summer anyway. So like, they're yeah. going to get it done. But but our fourth grader last year, just, I don't know, it was her light bulb moment. She's like, wait a minute. You mean if I do two lessons a day and I get done in February, then I'm done? And I said, yeah, except, you know, I'll give you some like review sheets once a week. Just yeah. so it doesn't completely atrophy by the following September. But yeah, you're done. Yeah. She's like, sweet. So she just blazed a trail through math and then asked for this the next book. And so we just, and so now she feels super proud of herself because she's half a grade ahead in math. It's like, okay. That's so cool. So all the reasons not to chart it out <laughs> on yeah. your schedule. Completely agree. Okay. So then wrapping this up, because I know I want to respect your time here. Um, in response to parents who feel like they're not sure if they're qualified or not to homeschool. What do you think are the skills that have been most important to you to figure out how to homeschool? Setting aside you know, like your business degree, and yes, that's been helpful, but did it require that? And what have you needed? The biggest thing I for me was my mindset, my attitude. Mm-hmm. I think you need to go in. Uh, if you're not going to, you need to be teachable yourself. I think patience is key. Um, and just being a learner yourself and researching and trying to improve having a, a good attitude every day it's not easy yeah. um, but I mean even the most qualified person if they're not um, going to be patient and grumpy and yelling I mean you're not going to have a happy home or a happy homeschooler so if you can just have a good mindset and attitude going into it um, and like I, we we're talking about planning about in pencil about your month in advance um, and I would say observing how your child's learning preferences are every every child's going to learn differently and um i wish i would have picked up on that sooner and not forcing a curriculum that doesn't work it's yeah. okay to switch curriculum um and you don't need if your child mastered a concept you probably don't need to keep having them do it over and over because yes. then they just get bored and i learned that the hard way too uh and then capitalize on their interests so if they're like you said the solar system like my son's super into dinosaurs like it, he's asking me to do certain experiments. I, I'm going to improve on this going to the, in the fall is 
take advantage of that because I have his undivided attention at that yep. point because he asked me to learn something yeah. and I would hate to say no. And so I think going into the fall, I'm going to make sure I, if there's something he's interested in, I go and get more books at the library and really help him. He's dinosaur obsessed. So I have tons of dinosaur books and he can Sweet. name off crazy animal names. He would have been so, the one telling me it's not an apod- it's I, not an apodosaurus, it's an apodosaurus, Mrs. Cross. That's like, what I was thinking. Like, yep. did you talk to my son? <laughs> nope. He would tell me it's that's not what we call him anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And to holistically be able to do that too, right? Like you're talking, it's not like we have to relegate it only to science. Oh my goodness, no. Yeah. He can now write his own short story and have creatures that are dinosaurs that talk in the forest. And then yeah. he can also, yeah, you guys can history and Oh, there's just so much there. Art. It's super fun. So I applaud mm-hmm. you for following into his interest and saying, cool, let's do dinosaurs. How can we explode that and make dinosaur math? And yeah, that's really fun. That's mm-hmm. really, really fun. Yeah. So any final thoughts then you have, Lindsay, today for our friend listening who's new to this idea of homeschooling and, and just trying to figure out if it's right for them or not? Um, I would just say, I mean, be confident. I mean, it's going to be hard. Try to find some, if you can have any one friend or someone that can encourage you that you can bounce ideas off of. I have one person I go to all the time. I'm very grateful for her to get any feedback on curriculum. Um, but you can do it. Just give yourself grace. Don't try out the gate on day one. If it's your first time homeschooling to do everything. Mm. I would start with like your core subjects, do math, your language arts, get that with a good rhythm and get that under your belt before you start adding in extra stuff. Um, if you try to do, and don't try to copy other people's homeschool because everyone's homeschool is going to be different. Um, everyone has a different budget, different personalities, different kids. So don't try to copy someone because it's probably not going to work in your home because you have a unique family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just give yourself grace and go slowly when you're just starting out and don't try to, overachieve right out the gate go slowly and you'll it took us like I said five months to get a good rhythm and then we finally had the last half a really good groove going yeah that's a good that's a very grace-filled answer for somebody who started a business called driven by grace so I love it Lindsay (laughs) (laughs) terrific well thank you thank you again so much Lindsay for taking time to talk with me about your experiences in the homeschooling world and to hear about design by grace and how your first year has gone. Um, I really appreciate the opportunities to hear about it and to learn about the resources you've created. And thanks for making time to be here. Well, thanks for having me. My pleasure. And thank you, friend, for joining us today. I hope you're walking away from this conversation feeling more equipped to teach the ones you love. See you next time. Thanks for joining Ann Crossman on our podcast, helping you homeschool confidently with help from the experts. You can do this, and we are here to help. We invite you to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast so you stay up to date on the latest resources. See you next time.